Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Oh my God. Good evening, everybody, and uh, welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 267. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're here to talk football. That's CFL football. Kind of feel like the Beverly Hillbillies there for a second. Anyhow, so what's going on? What's wonderful? What's everything? I'm so excited. This is Sunday. Next Saturday, I'm getting on an airplane and flying to Calgary to watch the BC Lions destroy the Calgary Stampeders and ruin their perfect season for Will McDonald. Now, Will's being my host and being a nice guy and everything else, so I can't talk too badly about his Stampeders, but you know what the hell? They're the Stampeders, so we can do what we want to do. I'm going to wear my colors, black and orange, and uh, without question, and I'm going to sit there in the sea of red and possibly more green than orange and uh, watch some football, and that's going to be an awesome, awesome time. It's going to, I'm going to go over to McMahon Stadium, and we were just talking off the air just before the show started about how many stadiums that people have gone to gone to and you know it's four and two and three and five and you know all sorts of different things from the guys on the panel i've been to three different cfl uh stadiums i've been to bc place i've been to empire stadium and i've been to empire field so this is the first time i'm going over to mcmahon this is pretty exciting for me uh across the rockies wow 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 okay so it's pretty spectacular for me i'm excited i am so excited to go over there this is great um i get to go talk to with like a real football person somebody who likes to talk football all the time and 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 i get to watch football with somebody who likes football that's pretty exciting i usually i I sit with somebody and that knows some football when i had my season tickets at bc place uh when uh rich and maria were there uh rich and maria uh olson they had good football people but most of the time the people that were there were didn't know what the hell was going on and that's pretty sad uh i love football fans and when they you can sit and have a conversation with them without looking real without them looking like duh what are you talking about uh anyhow so we're gonna go there we're gonna watch some football we're gonna talk some football and we're gonna have some fun and then i'm gonna fly back home sunday morning and do the podcast sunday night and i'll tell you all about it because why it's gonna be exciting so what's going on here we got we have football happening we just had four games BC Lions didn't play. So, you know, I'm always good at wrapping up games when BC Lions don't play because that means they didn't lose. And I'm okay with that. I'm pretty excited. Um, you know, what else is really funny is Todd Mogey. He's, he's like part of our little group, and he's kind of like never phones into the podcast. I don't know why he's on the group. But anyhow, he's, uh, he's always talking football, and he's always talking football with us. But he's always putting up these stupid-ass posts on Let's Talk CFL group that's trying to he's trying to convince people out there that Matt Nichols is a quality quarterback and it's so hilarious because he just simply can't do it and you know it, he goes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's way better than anybody out there okay it's better than Lule right okay well no Lule's been injured a lot yeah and I, I know that's a, that's not a that's a detriment to his ability to play football and everything else but you know MOP Grey Cup ring ah excuse me Oh, but that doesn't matter. That was in the past. He didn't forget how to play football. He might not have as good a team around him. And Matt Nichols, come on, really. The only reason why the Bombers are doing right now is 
doing well right now isn't because of the quarterback. It's because the team's good. The team's actually pretty good. If their defense was a little bit better and stepped up their game a bit, they'd be awesome. But, you know, it's like Calgary's being an awesome team, like, right, 5-0, 6-0, something like that. And they got, like, Bo Levi Mitchell as a quarterback. Come on, really? He's not really a quarterback, is he? Um, anyhow, yeah, you, you, you hit him once. It, when Charlton Hughes got in, sacked him the other day, it flustered him for, like, three or four plays afterwards. He just doesn't like getting hit. So, you know, Calgary's got an awesome old line, and they protect him, and he sits back there in his lawn chair and throws the football around, and he looks amazing, and he wins games. Well, no, the team wins games, and he just doesn't, you know, he, he – I don't know. I'm not going to go there. We're going to, I'm going to open up the mics now and get, get all sorts of shit and abuse from my buddy. So I, you know what? I'm going to, Oh, there's a safe mic out here. I'm going to open that safe mic up and see what happens. Hey, good evening, Charles. How are you doing? What, uh, that any quarterback has done to this point is not in the past. Even if it was done yesterday, it's still in the past. Exactly. So, so there you go. Travis Lule is an MOP quarterback in this league and has a Grey Cup ring. That's more Correct. than what Matt Nichols has. And that's what more than any bomber has right now. Because, like, no. Yep. Well, no, a lot of bombers have Grey Cup rings. But I think it was when, when they were with BC. Hmm. Heart, 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 yeah. heart. Okay, I don't know. I'm having fun. How you doing, buddy? You good? I'm doing good. You enjoying the summer? To stay cool because we had a ridiculously hot day down here. Yeah, no, we I know. We were 36 degrees 30, I think we reached 39, if I'm not mistaken. Well, that's too bad for the humidity down there. Yes. We had smoky yeah, skies. We're getting doing smoke good. in from the Spence's Bridge fire. We're starting so. to get, yeah, we're getting that, too. Well, we're, I think we're getting some of that blown down here. And then there was a fire in Richmond and a fire in Langley, both on Friday. So I think we yeah. both getting uh, some a- haze and smoke from there. There's been a fire in Richmond for since the late 70s, I think. Well, Burns yeah, fog caught so. on fire and it went underground, and it's been on mm-hmm. fire down there for like 30, 40 years. Something like that. Every once in a while it pops up out of the ground, and they go, oh, my God, there's a fire yeah. in Burns fog, and they go rushing out there. Well, no, it's the same fire. It's just been yep. going underground for a long, long time. Yep. Okay, let's open up some other mics and see what's going on. Uh, two, four, oh, that's got to be Will. No, that's Mark. Okay, Mark. I've this seven seven eight oh number. That's a Chris. He he's relatively a, a, a good good safe bet there. He's not going to yell at me too much. How you doing, Chris? Good, good. Long weekend uh, for me, but uh, ready to talk some football and then go to bed. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just I bet. Mean, go ahead. Busy family stuff. Busy family stuff this weekend. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't sleep real well last night, and then I'm up at four o'clock in the morning and uh, working hard all day. So Charles, if you get any dead air from CJ tonight, just start talking, okay? Because he fell asleep okay. at the mic. Fair <laughs> enough. It happens every once in a while. I'm not proud of it, but you know it does happen. I, yeah. You know, I'm getting old. I can't pull these long days like this. Speaking of getting old, Will, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. Let's let's talk about let's talk about quarterbacks for a minute. Oh let's no, talk no, no, about, no, no, no. I, I, I would yet. I would I would I would rather have I would have rather have Kevin Glenn than Matt Nichols any day of the week. Sorry. Um let's let's talk about let's talk about my buddy Bo for a minute, okay? <laughs> let's just, the Bo let's show. just let's just let's just go on and on and on. Let's see, let's see. 
Grey Cup champion 2014, Grey Cup most valuable player 2014, consensus first team FCS All-American in 2011, FCS national championship most outstanding player 2011, CF All-Star 2016, CFL West All-Stars 16 and 15, uh, CFL's most exciting player, 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walter we can do that. A lot of people. Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Year, 2011. CFL record for most consecutive wins by a starting quarterback, 14. CFL records for best starting record for a first-time quarterback, 12 wins, one loss. Here's one that you guys in BC don't understand: TD to interception ratio, 115 to 45. Oh, my God. Wouldn't you guys like a quarterback like that? Anyways, I'm done. Do you want me to, um, to, to just, read off some specs for up, Ricky Ray? Just, just, so you, just so you know, just so you know, Ricky Ray doesn't play for your team. Anyways, let's talk I, about something else. It doesn't matter else. whose team he does. I I've, talk football. I've, I've had to, Christopher, I've had to look everywhere this weekend because on Saturday night I'm going to wear my red trapdoor underwear, but i got to find a tailor who – I gotta find a tailor who can turn them into capri pants, okay? Oh, just my for you, good Lord. just for you, just for you, buddy. Is it gonna uh, be embarrassing? Have you, have you ever you? heard? Have you ever heard CJ speechless? I haven't. Oh, good Lord! What have I got myself into? I was just gonna say, what do you say after that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He can't say anything. No. He's scared. He's very scared now, Charles. He's very scared now. Probably. I would be too. <laughs> I almost want to come and just watch you guys because you guys might be more entertaining than the game. Oh, we will be. There's no doubt about yeah, that. I haven't, I haven't. I haven't seen lots of exciting games at McMahon this year. Sorry. They've all been usually over by the. It's usually over by the first quarter. So. I don't know. Anyway. I, you know, I I I think even um, Mike Riley's stats are better than Bo Levi's. You know, he's got two Grey Cup rings. He's also got a Grey Cup MVP. No, he yeah, he. What do you mean? He doesn't have two great. He doesn't have two Grey Cup rings as a starter. No, thank you very much. He's I said he one. has two Grey Cup rings. I know that. I'm just clarifying what you said. He's an MLP right and now, an MVP. People are thinking right now, Where? when did he win the second one at Edmonton? He only won one he in Edmonton. He won one in BC. Yes, he did. 2011. Yes, he did. Okay. Okay. Anyways, okay, okay, okay. doesn't matter. Hang on. Doesn't hang on. Matter. Hang on. Where, where am I? I'm all over the board here. I should open up the mic and let Mark in. Mark, buddy, how you doing? Yes. Doing well, doing well, and I'll go real quick on the quarterback thing. Welcome yes. back to the show, Mark. I know you've been away camping. How was your camping trip? Very good. It was very good. Good, good. Nice good. Glad to hear that. Nice and antisocial. Yeah. Oh, that's typical. That's just a, like a typical Bomber fan, right? Antisocial off in that corner. Damn right. And I will say if Lule is healthy... He is by far a better quarterback than Nichols. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Yeah, one bit. That's Where I will disagree is your comment about the Bomber defense. But they're four getting better. Games, four straight games, they've held the opponent to under 20 offensive points. Four yeah, straight. that's what I said. They're, they're getting better. They're number one in 
points against. No, you're so getting better. Two, number two in points against. They're, they're somehow, maybe it was a threat of a fire. Somehow this defense is playing lights out. And they're back to getting turnovers. So, yes, they're a good defense. They're not getting better. They're good. Yeah, yeah, not denying that. Did I deny that? I didn't deny that. I said that they're, they're doing pretty awesome. And they they're actually have more points than Calgary does. Yes. Okay. It's weird. So, but they don't have more wins. Nope. And we're no that, longer that, a field goal-kicking team either. We lead the league in offensive touchdowns. Uh, Bizarrely enough. I just downloaded the stats tonight. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they eat more rushing t- TDs because it, it's not definitely not Nichols throwing the ball. Well, I don't care how you get a touchdown. It's a touchdown. They're no yeah, longer a medlock team. That's a team stat, right? That's a team yep. stat, and I'm imp- impressed with that. They're improving that. They're not. They're getting the ball in the end zone. They're not just kicking field goals. Okay, so Winnipeg is getting better. I'm not denying that. It, Nichols isn't. He's not playing better football. The team's playing better around him. You can only get so oh, yeah. good, right? You can only put lipstick yep. on a pig. It's still a pig. You know you know who's outstanding, I'm telling you, and I just finished watching the last part of the Bomber game. Andrew Harris is he is fantastic. Okay. He really you know, off night. For years I've been saying Andrew Harris is the best rushing uh, – uh, uh, running back in the CFL, and all you did, Will, was shit all over me on that one. And he he well, was yeah, the because, best all because, the time. He was because because he was playing for a shit team. Um, anyways, um, and now he plays for Winnipeg. And you know, the thing that amazes me the most, and it's so old school, is I love that piston straight arm he gives everybody as he comes around the corner. I just love that. I just love yeah. that. And people have no defense for it. No. No, everybody calls it face masking, though. Well, yeah, but it's not. Well, it, but it's not. It, it, it well, actually is. It can be and has it been called. On, it he depends on where he hits them. It depends yeah. on where he hits them. All right? My That's favorite ones are the ones, where, the ones where he gives it to guys right in the chest and they just, like, crumple like nothing. Okay? I just love that. And he just had his wedding social at IGF. <laughs> that must be big. <laughs> Thirty-six thousand sure people. I was away, so I don't know how many people were at it. But yeah, he probably sold a couple of thousand tickets to that. Yeah, you probably could. Okay, Mark. You Mark, are... you got you to tell these guys what a wedding social is. They don't know. Yeah, no. They've never how heard of one. How do you describe before. it? It's a. Kind of a it's a way to make for money. A it's a way to make money before your wedding. Yeah, it's a fundraiser for your wedding. Everybody, yep. several hundred to a thousand people, go and get drunk together. Cheap booze too, <laughs> and lots of good prizes. Wow. Yep. Okay. Never heard of one. I have. They're becoming more common nowadays. Really? Okay. Oh, are they? Cool. Yep. Are you, you, you guys ready to talk some football? Yeah. Yep. Should we do that? Call 518-418-5408 to speak with the host. 
or hit up our social media through the Facebook group or on Twitter at Let's Talk CFL. Okay, first game of the week was a Thursday night game. Edmonton in Montreal. Oh, my good Lord. Will actually picked Montreal to win this game, which is kind of funny. Um, no, it was really funny. Okay, so uh, what can we say? Mike Riley, that man just played football and just dragged his team along all the way. I mean, this bar none, best, we're talking quarterbacks, best quarterback in the CFL, Mike Riley, hands down. Edmonton 44, Montreal 23. I'm surprised they got 23 points, but then Edmonton's defense sucks. So, Charles, what's going on with this game? We didn't get to see Manziel. What's going on there, eh? I don't know what happened there, and there are a lot of people that are actually quite upset about that, including most of the fans that were at that game because they – they were they were uh, loudly booing the Montreal offense um, during this game because um, they wanted to see Manziel. They the Alouettes had their biggest crowd of the year, and it's no surprise because I think the people that were there were expecting Johnny Manziel uh, to be in the lineup, and the reason is because they pretty much had said that Johnny Manziel was going to be in the lineup. But didn't happen. Um, Vernon Adams didn't play a bad game. He didn't play a bad game. Uh, that's true, and uh, he was also getting thrown to the wolves. And as uh, Mike Sherman said after the game, I think correctly, uh, to have him in just after one full practice to throw Johnny Manziel in there, especially with the type of protection that they were getting with just one practice I was about, would not have been fair to them. Because, quite frankly, Vernon Adams was running for his life uh, in this game. So um, I can't really blame Mike Sherman for not putting him in. And it wasn't like Vernon Adams was terrible, because he wasn't. Um, he, I think, Montreal was. As well as he, Montreal was, but when have they not been? I mean, that's Montreal Alouettes. 2018 and pretty much 2017 and 2016. But um, early on in this game, it looked like the Alouettes were going to stay were going to stay somewhat competitive with them. Um, they took an early lead. They were creating some turnovers. They were playing very well on defense. And you started to say, "Well, has this trade rejuvenated this team? Is this team going to be?" Uh, you know, somewhat of a, a team to, um, not a team to reckon with, but a, a, a new team that's going to be competitive. Then the second quarter started, and all that talk uh, disappeared because Edmonton took over in the second quarter and did not look back. Um, they really um, took over, and Mike Riley in particular took this game over. And if you're looking ahead to the three stars of the week, I think you're going to see Mike Riley's uh, name on uh, probably at the top of the list because, well, he had over 400 yards passing and four touchdowns. That's going to get you on the top three list more often than not. So Adams wasn't terrible. He was 15-28 for 217 yards, 
no touchdown, just one interception. He also ran eight times for 72 yards. Uh, so he was not awful. And like I said, the Alouettes, at least for the first quarter, started out pretty well. But then they turned into the Alouettes we were been seeing since week one and since last year. And that was that. And actually, I think that the final score, 44 to 23, is actually a little bit flattering to Montreal because they were soundly beaten after the first quarter. And um, I can't blame them for not putting Johnny Manziel in because, quite frankly, he would have gotten nothing out of it. He really wasn't. He wasn't going to come in and be any kind of savior. And for him to come in and just get steamrolled by the Edmonton defense, that just wouldn't have made any sense. So the Edmonton clearly a, a better team than Montreal, and um, we'll see how going forward. I think the talk is that Johnny Manziel will likely start next week against Hamilton. We'll, so we'll see what happens there. But um, he's uh, that was um, he was no help to them this week. And even if he had played, it wouldn't have made a difference because Edmonton's a head and shoulders better team than Montreal is. Yeah, no doubt about that one. Okay. Thank you for your input. Will, what do you got? Are you sitting there waiting for Johnny to get on the field? Did you watch the game going, oh, when? When's he going to go? Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. I watched watched two quarters of this game, and I thought Montreal had a hope in the first quarter, which they did. And if you took away the – second quarter, it would have been a close game. Um, Vernon Adams didn't look bad. I mean, he was running around doing what he does, and uh, I thought he played fairly decent, considering what he plays on. But then uh, a certain quarterback just said, you know, screw this. This is stupid. Let's let's, uh, be lights out in the second quarter, and Mike Riley did his thing. And we all know Mike Riley does his thing, and I will not disagree with you, Christopher, best quarterback in the CFL far and away. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, Montreal's Montreal. They're, you know, Montreal's not that bad. They do have moments of of looking like a real football team. And, uh, you know, I mean, hey. I thought Hinoch Mwamba played well. It's just, yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny because Montreal, you know, they signed two top-end uh, cornerbacks this year for the season, and but they're still letting in lots of points. So I don't know if that goes to defensive scheme or the guys are on the field for too long. But I'm sorry, Vernon Adams was a heck of a lot more exciting than any other quarterback they've had in there this year. And maybe he played loose because he knows he's not going to see the field again this year. So, because they're going to obviously put Johnny Manziel in there since they gave up so much for him and see what he can do. And uh, I don't know if it's a good thing that they're playing Hamilton this week because Hamilton's on a three-game losing streak. So, I don't know. We shall see. Oh, and did I mention to you, Christopher, um, you're extremely rude. You didn't even you didn't even introduce Chris. Didn't I? On the, no, sir. He's probably sleeping by now. Cause no, 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 no. Hang on, hang on. I opened no, up yes, his yes, mind. he did. 
Yeah, I did. Yes, he did. He was, he was right yeah, there. Yeah. I introduced okay. him before you. Did he? Okay. Yeah, I said Chris I is right another great one. He's, he's not going to yell at me I too just, much. I, I guess Chris just didn't have anything to say. No. no he, uh, I said hello. He spoke. <laughs> yeah, did no, we, okay. we talked. I must, I must have been sleeping. Or maybe my ears were still burning from the uh, Bo Levi Mitchell comments. Maybe. I think that's probably more like it, yeah. <clears throat> you were focused on your comments back. That's what was going on. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what it was. I have to think yep. about these things. I, they just don't come off my head. I have to put hours and hours of thought into it. Okay, so okay, I'm, not ahead, I'm not asleep. I was just listening, doing everything else. My wife just out. She's yelling at me here. She's, oh, not judging, not much. Okay, so she sends me a, a text just a minute ago. She said, did you just have three beers and a root beer? And I'm going, no, I cleared <laughs> off my desk. There was also a couple of glasses. And I'm going, she goes, not judging. <laughs> Jeez. No, I didn't have three beers. I'd have if I had three beers. I thought you didn't drink. I don't drink. I thought you didn't drink. I don't, but I'm thinking about making a comeback. Every once in a while, I'll have a beer, an MGD, and I'll just go, oh, you know, I really don't like the taste of this, but I got to finish it. And then, you know, a couple of three weeks later, I'll have another one and go, God, I really didn't like this. Um, why am I doing this to myself? And then I'll, you know, a month later, I'll do it again. Glutton for punishment, or just stupid. I'm not sure yet. Okay, William, that was your input on, on that. Let's see uh, what Mark has to say. Yes, sir. Edmonton, Montreal. Well, I didn't see the game, obviously, because I was away for it. But uh, it's pretty much what we expected. Um, if they had put Manziel in. Will, Will, Will called Montreal to win. He didn't expect this well, at yeah, all. Well, it's, yeah, it's Will, and it was Edmonton. Uh, no, you can't put Manziel in. Wouldn't he have two practices with them? One. Okay, so even worse. You, you just can't. Like, no. I felt, and I feel horrible for Adams. He played okay from the stats and from the highlights I saw. He played okay. He had average passing yards. He didn't make any huge mistakes from what I had seen of it and what I've read. Um that the reporters aren't being good with him either. He probably wants off the team. The first question he's getting is about Manziel, and that's not fair. Talk to him. Oh, he's pissed off about that. Oh, you have to be. You know, there, there's guys on that team. Um, but with the football game itself, we knew it was going to happen. Uh, Montreal just seems to have a bad quarter. I was looking back, and they have a lot of bad second quarters. Um they just have that one bad quarter and then they can't play a balanced offense of any type. It's just, you've got Schlitz, Adams and Willie trying to throw long bombs to catch up from the four touchdowns. They just gave up. Um, they did address part of the problem with the offense. So today in a trade, so, or sorry, on the defense, so they the did defense. pick up. Yeah. They did pick up TJ Heath. Yes. They gave up Bombin on the offensive line, but they did pick up T.J. Heath, and they do need some desperate help in the backfield. So hopefully going forward that helps. That's it. Go ahead. Okay, so that's the end of that game. Chris. 
Yes, yes. Did you watch it? Welcome back to the show, man. We miss you. Like it when you come on. Thank you. Thank you. I I I, I hate missing. Yep. I do enjoy it. And but uh, and I, you know I do introduce like, you too. I do. Yes, you did. Yes, we we had a very brief conversation because Will was after me, and that was the end of that. So. <laughs> Um, uh, you know what? I, uh, most of the games I actually taped and watched, uh, later times. So I got to be able to fast forward through things. So it was a great help for the Hamilton game, but, uh, this one I watched pretty much entirely. Um, I was impressed with Montreal, the way they started, like everybody said. Um, I actually was, I mean, they had the one bad quarter, but, um, I, I like what they did. I mean, I for what I thought they were going to be into what they are, I think is a big difference. So they're definitely out there competing. They're trying. And, uh, I mean, they're, they fall in the same boat as a couple other teams where they need to find that quarterback and get that, that chemistry going and, uh, you know, and, and make it work. I mean, Ernest Jackson has even had a catch. Like, I mean, there's, there's some talent on that team that's just not clicking. And, I like Vernon Adams, I have to admit. I have liked him as he's bounced around the league. Um, I, I I just, I mean, the question is always with these young guys is, can they do more than just run the football? Because you can't do that and, and, and survive. You have to learn how to read defenses. You have to learn how to, to do the whole package. Um, and he, he, I mean, he's young. He still hasn't done that. But, I mean, the thing is, is he had one of his three starts. Um, I thought he looked good. I mean, he, he gave what what you you expect from him. Um, I'm still worried about uh, uh, Edmonton's D. I, I I think they're weak. I think they're they're weak. And I you know like with Mike Riley, you you know if it's close, he's going to win you the game, and that's what he does. Uh, but I don't know. I just keep, seem to be able to give up too many points. Uh, I mean, their secondary is horrible. It's just really bad, really bad. Their front. Four isn't bad. I would even say maybe their front seven, and eh, not the best, but but serviceable. But that that secondary is giving up way too many points, way too many points, especially against someone like Montreal. And that's um, it's tough. It's tough. But it was a win. Um, and by the third quarter, you know, even second quarter, you you knew it was going to be a win. You just kind of wanted to see what Montreal was gonna was gonna do and how they were gonna respond, and they stuck in it. I thought they they did good. I I I think if you're a Montreal fan, you have to be encouraged that they're going in the right direction and they're making some pretty good deals and making the team stronger. So I I think they got lots to look forward to, and it's not gonna be as bad as we thought it was, and maybe it won't be the same dramatic turnaround as Toronto from last year's. we thought it was all going to be a washout to what they became and won the Grey Cup, but but they're moving forward and 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 there's lots of positives there to watch, and it's not bad football. Um, I thought it was a pretty good game, so I was uh, I was happy with it. You know, the right team won because that's who I was cheering for. But it gave me signs to be positive that Montreal is moving in the right direction. And like Charles or Mark said, uh, I can't remember which one pointed out the trade that they just made. You know, they they, they keep getting better. They keep making themselves better. So hopefully they're stronger by the end. They keep trying anyhow. Yeah. You know, it, it, it. That's, they're trying. They're putting in the effort to try to make themselves better. We all know that they're, they've been 
right at the very beginning, we said that Montreal is a tire fire. But in the same token, is how many teams out there are making the moves to try to make themselves better the way that Montreal is right now? I, I, I commend them. I wish BC would wake up. My daughter just asked me if I was high. <laughs> Possible, but I doubt it. Okay. Um, <laughs> end of that game. Edmonton Eskimos, uh, 44. Montreal Alouettes, 23. It was never, never in question. It was an Edmonton game right from the start. Charles, you pick 31-25. You're out by a few. Will, you pick Montreal. Mark, 23-16. CJ was 28-12. Chris, you're a CFL All-Star, man. 38-12. You're, you're, you're out by like 6, 11, 17 points was the best it was. You're the winner for this one. Oh, there you go. I don't know. Yeah. What is this, like 28 games you've picked this sweet year already? I don't know. Something eight. weird. It weird. makes it eight. If if Steve is right, it's eight. <laughs> I, I don't know. Is Steve keeping track of this? Do I have to? I don't know. We'll see. He was. I, I'm, I'm going to go back and, and do all of this one, one day. And actually, probably at sometime tonight, because this is week seven is the end of one-third of the season, right? Yeah, yeah. just let Steve post yeah, the yeah. stats. He does a good job. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I got to make sure he's right. Okay, so the end of week seven. Steve, send me a, a send me a, a, an email, a PM, or something, or post it on the group or on the the podcast Facebook page or something like that. Tell me what stats you've got, and I'll compare them with what I get. And yeah, let's see what happens. You can be the statistic statistician. Statistician. I can't talk. The guy that keeps the stats. Yeah, him. Hey, Christopher. Have, have, Christopher, have you had three beers or something tonight? <laughs> no, and I a root beer? I had a root beer. <laughs> I got the Mark's root beer right here on my desk. I don't think that counts. I got a big glass of ice water right now. Kind of have to pee, but that's beside the point. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next game up is the Toronto Argonauts went over to Winnipeg to play the Blue Bombers. Will, you picked Toronto. How did that happen? Yes, I did. Okay. I don't know. I wanted to get all my wins in one in one or in one bunch of games this year, and that seems that that's all I'm going to get this year. Okay, so yeah. What can I say? I don't know. Okay, so uh, this game uh, in in Winnipeg, Toronto, close game. I liked it. It was close game. Not <sighs> James Franklin. I don't know what to yep. say about James Franklin. The hype is over. Is, is yeah, is, is it because they need to? Uh, do they need to um, change their offensive strategy from Ricky Ray to James Franklin? Have they not done that? What's the problem? Are they still trying to play with that statue in the in the in the pocket, Ricky Ray? They're going to let James Franklin run around and do things and play football. Something's got to happen here. Something's got to happen. Um, Charles, go ahead. Talk, we'll talk about this game. 
Well, um, James Franklin was always considered that next one, that backup, the that was ready to be a starter. I think a lot of people are questioning that now, including Mark Trestman, because as of today, <coughs> it appears that James Franklin has lost his job. That's what three interceptions thrown will do to This game was not close right from the get-go. This game was basically over almost at at the end of the first quarter when Winnipeg was up by 13. Um, This one was not even a competition. It was the the Bombers were head and shoulders better than Toronto. And um, it's weird because when Franklin first took over, his first two games against Edmonton, he actually played pretty well. Um, maybe that was sort of the function of the crappy Edmonton defense because these last two games against Winnipeg, he has been a disaster with a capital D. And all of a sudden, the team that hoisted the Grey Cup uh, less than a year ago is 1-5. in five. Now, this is... Um, not looking good for the Argos here. They seem to be going nowhere fast. And the Bombers, I mean, Andrew Harris didn't have a huge game last week against the Argos. He only had um, 78 all-purpose yards. It it seems weird that I'm saying only when I say that. But, um, you know, uh, other guys picked it up around him. Uh, in particular, Nick Dembski with 82 yards receiving, Kimbrell Tompkins, 81 yards receiving. Uh, it doesn't look like they got hurt one bit with uh, after the uh, Darius Bowman trade. Uh, Toronto Argonauts had nothing. I mean, really, one of their only bright spots. We've talked a lot about him this week, this uh, season, uh, all with his off-field, off-field, um, off-season. Um, drama, but James Wilder actually had 132 all-purpose yards. He was one of the only bright spots in a very long and disastrous day for the Toronto Argonauts, so that team's in a lot of trouble, and right now they're starting to look a lot like Montreal. Well, they've got the same record as Montreal, so that team is, uh, they're uh, they're in a whole world of trouble, and um the Bombers, um, they after getting beaten by BC a few weeks back, they've really bounced back well. Of course, they're only playing the Argos, so um, hmm, we'll see what happens going forward. Oh, but uh, the Argos look the like Argos. they're sink- well, they're sinking like a stone. Well, they got the same record as Montreal. Yeah, which is terrible. <laughs> Those two teams are combined two and ten. <laughs> it's kind of funny though, isn't it? When do the Argos come to Vancouver now again? Uh, well, oh, not not soon enough. Yeah, I know. Not soon enough. That's all I got. I'm good. You good? You sure? Yep. Yep. Okay. Good. Glad to hear that. Okay, so William. Yes. I. Uh... I think uh, Montreal is better than Toronto, to be honest with you, because Toronto has not showed anything. As Charles said, James Wilder actually played a pretty decent game. He seemed to be into it. He seemed to be running over people. 
he's not. He didn't have a bad game, but Toronto. I mean, everybody else. Did. Wow, a lot of us picked them to be up there this year, and they are sucking bad. And uh, James Franklin, he, I don't know if he he's not in the right system, but I would assume. Because if we remember correctly, they said that uh, the third-string quarterback also could have been the second-string quarterback in training camp this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a quarterback change soon. But Where? we in shall Toronto? see. It's happened in Toronto. It's happened. Oh, it it happened already. They, 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 okay. Yeah, they announced it today. Oh, did they? Okay. Yes, they okay. did. Hey, I was gonna, I was gonna say, Mark, what happened to? Uh, and I can't remember his name. The running back with the red dreadlocks, is he injured? Flanders has been on the six-game injured list. I have no idea oh, what the he... injury was. I think they're oh, just right? hiding okay. him there. I think they're just hiding him. Oh. oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. What, did Nick Dembski take his spot, do you figure? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. For sure. Okay. You got, but you no, got three I Canadians mean... at running back. The bombers played. The bombers played great, and you know what? We can talk about we can talk about Adam Big Hill all we want, but he only had five tackles, and uh, Knox had ten tackles in that game. So, I think he's probably learning lots from Adam Big Hill, and he's becoming quite the linebacker. So, uh, you know, I mean, Winnipeg played well, but they played Toronto. So, I mean, Toronto's not a very good football team. There's just no doubt about it. And I don't understand why they're not a good football team, but they just they just haven't looked good. And so they better, mind you, they can have a crappy first half of the season. And you know in the East, you can still win first place if you make the right changes. So we'll see what happens. But I would assume there's going to be some changes there because it's just not clicking. Pretty simple. One- so. One victory, one victory, and Montreal could be in second place in the East. Okay, or yeah, that's correct. Just one that's victory, as that sounds. Once it's again, the East is sucking wind this year again. But Ottawa's I, got I four, don't four wins that. this year, right? They're yeah, all against East they East, do. aren't they? I would assume so. Um, but, and, you know, we all thought there was promise with Hamilton, but they've lost three in a row now. So, ah, season is a long thing. We'll see what happens. Go ahead. There, 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 is actually two and two against the West and two and oh against the East. So that gives them four victories, four victories and two losses in six games. So they're two and two against Western teams. So I guess they played the riders. Oh, they played BC. They beat BC, right? Must have played BC and the Riders. Who's that? Ottawa. Ottawa, yeah, that's right. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Oh, Mark. This game I actually did see. I came in from camping for it. I'm um, very happily did. Not only there was a couple of things about Harris. Yeah, he had an off for him an off night especially on the um, rushing yard average. He only had a 2.8-yard average. But watching him closely the last couple of years, man, can he block? Oh, yeah. They kept him in a lot. He's always done that well. 
and he's smart at the blocks. Like he he obviously has been around forever, so he knows exactly where to look. And he picked up a bunch of blitzes. He cut off a couple of um, short routes that he was going to go out for a screen pass and just stayed in the block because he saw it coming. And Will, you are right about Santos Knox. Um, he's re- commented two weeks in a row that playing beside Adam Big Hill, you can't help but get better because of how good he is. Um, that, that was Santos Knox's coming out game, I think, last night. I think you'll he- hear his name a lot more now. Uh, on the offense, though, Dembski had a monster game, which was great to see. Everybody around picked it up. That Ken Brown Tompkins, you know, his first game in the CFL. And God, he's got to learn that the field's 110 yards, not 100. On that little juke stop thing he did, I'm pretty sure it was at the 10-yard line. And then he went, oh, shit, I can still run. But uh, it was great. Uh, Dressler had another good game. Yeah, he's leading the team and receiving again. So we got a bunch of old men, but they just keep on going. And I'm really impressed with the defense. They were all over uh, Franklin, obviously, with the three interceptions. But they never had a chance, the offensive line. And I think that's why they made that train today, too, getting bonded. So they needed some help there. Hopefully he can help because that offensive line was terrible. There was guys in the backfield right away. Wilder had a great game. It was good to see. Um, you know, Toronto tried. They made the changes. They shut down Harris, but they forgot everybody else. It was really what it came down to. Mm-hmm. That's it. They keyed on one guy. That was the key to the game. Is they keyed on Harris, and it burnt yeah. them. They kept the seventh linebacker in all the time. They had the seven guys on the box to try. And he just, I think it was Ball just spied them the whole time. That's it. Yeah, shit happens. Chris, did you see the same thing? Were you watching this game? Uh, well, I watched the videotape. I didn't get to see any of them live. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was bad football. <laughs> it was, you know, and that's what I'm, and I, I 100% agree. I think it was Will said that, that you got two teams with the same record that are going in the opposite directions of each other. Like Montreal is getting better, Toronto is getting worse. I didn't think it was possible, but they they were horrible. That was horrible football. That was nasty football. And I mean, especially after what happened the first game. Like I mean, usually on a back to back like that, oh man, I don't know what the heck they were doing, but they sure weren't watching film or getting ready because they should have been way closer than that. Way closer than that. Mm Mm-hmm. And Franklin did not look good, but I, I mean, again, their old line's horrible. I mean, the guy has no time, and, but I mean, he did overthrow a ton. Like he just did not look comfortable the whole game. He does doesn't look comfortable back there at all. And well, I mean, Winnipeg is definitely ball hawks. I mean, let's let's face it. They call it a you know the first year was a fluke. The second year was well, they're pretty good with it this year. I mean, it's not the same pace. But these guys, if you throw a bad ball, it's getting picked. It's not hitting the ground like most teams. It's getting picked, mm-hmm. and that and and that's what the difference is. It's not that they're you know, I mean, they just have that sense for the ball. And when it's an overthrow or tipped up, they're coming up with it, and you can't make those mistakes. And I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I think uh, now they tend to give up some big plays, but we haven't seen a ton of that either yet. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I mean, Winnipeg's doing good. I mean, we all expect Winnipeg to be good, and I think that they're proving they are. Um, but I, I really think Toronto just was that bad. Like I, like again, I will not take anything away from Winnipeg. Full, full credit to Winnipeg. They are playing well. If anything, I've become a Matt Nichols fan. Um, again, really? <laughs> maybe, maybe he's not the world's greatest quarterback, but he gets the job done. And I like the way he plays. I, I like, I like his style. I like the way he plays. I get, you know, I, he's he's there to play, and he's a baller. I I, I like that. And I, and I mean, he's getting the results that need to be gotten. So, I mean, I used to say that about Mazzoli, and look what's happening with him. Like so, but. Uh, no, I, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just don't think you could ex, uh, highlight enough how bad Toronto really looked in that game. Like they just did not look like they were there, ready to play football. And I, I think it's, it's not good. It's not good because I, if you can't get motivated for a back-to-back where you got humiliated the first game and you get spanked like that in the second game too, man, I don't know. Something's got to happen quick, or they're going to be in a world of hurt. Well, they are in a world of hurt. They're one in five in an 18 game season. It, you don't recover from that very well. I mean, yeah, the BC Lions did in 2011, but this is not the BC Lions 2011 team. No, these are these are trending in the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah, no, just bad. It's just bad. <laughs> Nothing positive to yeah. say about it at all. I mean, it's, it, in 2011, BC was losing the games by an average of 2.5 or 2.7 points. This is not 2.7 yeah. points. This is 20 points. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's bad. Okay. Bad. Bad, 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 bad. Okay, Toronto Argonauts, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, final score, Winnipeg, 40. Toronto, 14. Will's eliminated from this competition, picking the Argos. Charles, you went 28-21. Not bad picking, but no. Underestimated Mike Riley's ability to throw the ball. Mark, you're up there at 36-19. Pretty good. Chris, 30-24. Hey, look at this, CJ. 38-26. Oh, the 26. Mm. Why did you give Toronto 26 points, you idiot? Mark won this one. It's all yours, buddy. All right on, Mark. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Wow. Wow. Chris didn't win. Oh, my <laughs> God. God. What happened? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And he, he, he was going to move to Vegas. He was going to move to Vegas tomorrow because he, because he was so accurate. Well, you're out by 20 <laughs> no, points. Not That's great. not bad. It, it's a lot better than Will. Will wasn't close. <laughs> Everybody's better than Will. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, third game up, Ottawa-Hamilton. Now, this was the probably the toss-up game of the week where you could have picked either team and you would have given a, a decent chance. Uh, this was in Hamilton, so Timbit Fields there. You have to give the edge to the Ticats because, you know, they play really well in Timbit Field. They have good crowd. They have good support. They're not been playing too badly, but what the hell happened to Mazzoli? I don't know. Okay. 
Uh, Ottawa won this one. Charles, talk about. So this is one game I did not see on the weekend. I was out driving my wife to the airport on Saturday afternoon, so did not get to see this she game. Go? I was just getting updates. She went to Calgary for a few days for a family thing, so they're not back tomorrow night. She's going to be there for the night. game on Saturday? I'm going to work. No, no, no. no. Okay. They're coming back tomorrow. No. Okay. No. I would have gone had there been a football game in Calgary, but there wasn't this weekend. So, um, anyways, um, the so I'm going by basically just updates. I didn't see this game, uh, but what the hell happened has happened to Jeremiah Mazzoli after having uh, such an unreal start to the season? Everyone's saying, "Is this guy now elite? Is this guy this? Is this guy that?" Uh, now three losses in a row. Uh, he had a lot of yardage, it looked like, but it looked like it was all between the 20s because Hamilton didn't put up a lot of points. They only put up 15 points. Um, so it's all well and good to have a lot of yard, a lot of yardage, but if you're not put, putting up the points, big deal. Only one touchdown thrown by Mazzoli. And um, quite frankly, neither one of these teams had a running game. This is the second game in two weeks that William Powell has been held to around 50 yards. The Lions held him to 50 yards last year. Last week, this week, Hamilton held him to 47. And he was their big um, uh, offensive weapon in the early part of this season. Most people think that if you hold him to 47 and 50 yards, uh, you're going to do pretty well against Ottawa. Well, Ottawa won both of those games, so... Um, they show that they're more than a one-dimensional team. Not that Trevor Harris was spectacular. He wasn't. He he didn't even have a single touchdown pass. I talk about Jeremiah Mazzoli with one. Trevor Harris didn't have any. He had 228 yards passing. Uh, in fact, the Ottawa Red Blocks offense did not score a touchdown. They settled for three field or for seven field goals. Seven so field goals. Great, great game for uh, Lewis Ward, the kicker. But uh, Ottawa's not going to win many games uh, kicking seven field goals. You're not going to get away with that too often. And if Hamilton was playing like they were in the early part of the season, they should have won this game going away. But their offense has obviously become stagnant. Uh, it's hard to really criticize a defense that didn't give up a touchdown. Um, so they were keeping him out of the end zone, but the offense just had nothing um, but a lot of yardage in between the 20s. And obviously, they didn't have uh, a great field goal. Here, Oahu, only uh, 50%, two for four in this game. So, um, yeah, really uh, what looked like a feel-good story in the first part of this season is uh, starting to turn kind of sour because Hamilton's now lost three in a row, and they're heading in the same direction that the rest of the Eastern Conference seems to be going in. So, did, did, correct me if I'm wrong here. Did did Liam Hiralahu get released? Did I did I see that somewhere? Uh, not that I've seen, but uh, I could be okay. wrong. Not I that know. I've seen. Okay, okay. I I thought somewhere that he, I thought I saw his name get that he got released, but okay. I did not see that. That that would shock me, quite frankly. But that would be silly. That would be silly. <clears throat> Can't argue with you there. 
Okay, William. Jump up, spit out. <laughs> Jeremiah Mazzoli had 352 passing yards, and Trevor Harris had two-something. I I have no idea what's happening in Hamilton. But once again, and Chris has said this before, they usually, you know, the second year of the modified run-and-shoot, people catch on. And maybe that's what's happening to Hamilton in the last three games. People have caught on. The one thing I can't understand about Hamilton is uh, I think they should be using uh, Mercer Timmons a lot more at running back because I think he's a phenomenal running back. But they got John White in there. and But Mercer Timmons played a couple of games in the beginning of the year, and he looked pretty outstanding. So I don't know what's up with that. So, um you know what? It seems that both these teams, well, all the teams in the East are trending backwards all of a sudden, and it's typical of the East. And so what you get when you have Ottawa and Hamilton, you have two teams that are Eastern teams, and it was a competitive game, but Mazzoli stayed between the 20-yard lines, and Ottawa kicked field goals. I mean, a win is a win is a win, like I always say, but seven field goals. I think your offense has some problems. And uh, the one bright point for for uh, Ottawa, and I am still annoyed that we lost him, is Brad Sinopoli is playing great this year. And yeah. he's such a he's such a good receiver. I mean, he had 91 yards or something like that, and even Ellingson, who was their number one guy, only had 30-something or 50-something. So, you know, but, hey, it's East. It's the East teams, and they're going backwards, and there's not much more you can say about that. Go ahead. Yeah, like Hamilton, isn't that – they're, they're trending the same direction as the Argos, are they not? Like, I mean, yeah, they got one more win. Big, whoopee. That's only two, two, two wins out of six games not happening real well there for Hamilton. And uh, they're not, they're what, on a three-game slide right now? Jesus, what's going on? Yep. Chris, Chris. Mm, yes. This game, I fast-forwarded through a lot of it. Let's put it that way. Uh, I, I don't know. What can you say about a game where the score at halftime is a hockey score? I, I, I don't know. It was... You watch it, and it's like, okay, you could say it was a defensive game, but that's a lie. Let's be honest. This game was not a defensive game. This was a game of inept offenses against decent defenses. And um, Ottawa, I still don't think it's figured it out. And Hamilton, I don't know. I mean, it's there's a truth. I mean, the run and shoot can be figured out. Um, you can tell that they're containing – Mazzolio much better. Um, they don't go deep a ton. They go with that intermediate stuff, and that the people are starting to figure it out. And and that, uh, you know what? I'm going to say I hope that they just both had bad games. But the problem with that is Hamilton hasn't looked good in weeks, weeks. And uh, I'm disappointed. I did. I do like Jeremiah Mazzoli. I, I hope. I hope he gets. It's better. I, I liked him, but I, I said from the start that if he's in any other system, he's going to look out of place big time. And 
I, I, all he, he's very good at running this system, and I think people have figured it out, and I think that it's going to be much harder for them. And I've always said that their receivers are too short, and the only one that's standing out big is uh, is their big, their tallest receiver. And um, I that's can't remember Brandon Banks, right? He's the tallest one. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, it starts with an S. Uh, I can't remember Slander or something like that. But Jalen uh, Saunders. Um, Saunders, Saunders, um, but yeah, I just I think it's it's they're in for they're not as bad as Toronto, but they better get some stuff figured out or Hamilton's going to be in big trouble too. And again, it's a team that we had huge expectations for coming into this year. Ottawa, not so much. I mean, Ottawa was always a wild card. You never know what's going to happen with them. And and you know what? Really, look at their previous seasons. They're a 500 team, and they're pretty much kind of living up to that too. So. Um, and then again, Harris is a good quarterback sometimes, sometimes not so much. This was one of his best games, and all the yards, it looked, the stats looked great, but it, it wasn't great football, and that's the funny thing is they got tons of yards, and there was nice big throws and great catches, and there was little pieces that you could watch, but in the end, fundamentally, when you're watching it, the mistakes that were being made that made it be such a low-scoring game it, again, it wasn't a defensive game. It wasn't spectacular defense. It was in no, offense. Yeah, and uh, and mediocre defense. Not bad defense, but uh, hopefully both of these teams figure it out and we have something better in the East than what we've got right now because it's a huge disappointment in my personal opinion. I, I don't think anybody is showing anything in the East, and that's disappointing. To even well, have one powerhouse would be something, right? But we got nothing. We we get to watch Ottawa, Toronto next week, and Hamilton to Montreal. Yeah, like we're, I'm gonna re, I'm gonna tape all those games and watch them on record because then at least I can fast forward when I'm almost falling asleep. And it'll oh. take you a total twenty minutes to watch both those games. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Even Ottawa, the first place team, has only scored nine points more than they've given up. So they're not uh, any screaming hell either. No, yeah, no. no. Just, yeah, well, they, Eastern divisions never are. Eastern division teams suck. They just why? I, can anybody explain why Eastern division teams suck? Is it because they don't really have to get better because everybody else around them sucks more? That's exactly. I it. know why. Uh, yeah, I know why. I know why. Because they know they're going to play Calgary in the Grey Cup <laughs> <laughs> and beat them. That's yeah. a magic touch for the, yeah. You know, all they have to do Why is do you have to improve if they're, if they're, if they're else lucky sucks. enough to play Calgary, they, they win. Yeah, just save up all their good football for the last game. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, you know, I, I, I'm totally convinced, my, convinced here that I picked Ottawa to win this game. I think... I went off the the chart and put Ottawa to win this game, except I marked down an H for Hamilton. So I'm going to have to rely on Steven to to find out what I said on the podcast because I don't want to go back and listen to it. So if you you send me a message, tell me whether or not I picked Hamilton or Ottawa because otherwise nobody won this one because everybody picked Hamilton. But I, I'm pretty sure I went off the, the chart on this one. But, oh, well, Ottawa 21, Hamilton 15, seven field goals. And you win a game. Seven fucking field goals. Oh, 
embarrassment. Shake, shake my head. Shake my head. Now, okay, fourth game, last game of the uh, of the weekend, Saturday night. It was a barn burner. This was a football game of the ages. I enjoyed watching this one. Sat at home, watched it all on my own. The girls were at the circus, and uh, I just absolutely enjoyed this game. It scared the shit out of me. I first off. I was rooting for Saskatchewan because, you know, everybody's going to root for whoever's playing Calgary right now because you got somebody's got to end this Calgary winning streak. But on the other hand, I kind of wanted Calgary to win because Calgary hasn't lost two games in a row in a decade, and BC's playing them next week. So if the Riders beat them now, there, there was no hope for BC to win next week. So I didn't, want to, I didn't really want Riders to win, and I never want the Riders to win. I mean, any day the Riders lose is a good day. Uh, so it was really a bit of a toss-up for me, but twenty-four nothing at the end of the first half. We're sitting on the on the podcast first chat quarter. here, and I'm going in the first quarter. Sorry, first quarter it was twenty-four nothing. We're going extrapolate this one out. What's the score? A hundred nothing at the end of the game. Like seriously, come on. Is this the highest scoring game ever of all time? Is going to happen? And then what? The, the wheels fell off the bus for the Stampeders. Because they sure didn't mm-hmm. perform well. The 10 points in three quarters after that, mind you, it was an important 10 points. Saskatchewan's came back with 19 unanswered points. 19 unanswered points. And then what happened? They fell apart. Ended up with only another field goal with 22 points. I don't know. It just went back and forth. It was exciting game. Thought that for a minute those greenies were going to be able to do it. And then they just looked ordinary. They, they came out in the second half. Dave Dickinson made some changes. He outcoached Chris Jones, hands down, and, uh, and walked away with the game and just took it home. Six is nothing. You know what that is? That's the amount of games that the Calgary Stampeders have won and lost this year. Six to nothing. Or should we say nil, as the soccer folks would say. Anyhow. Uh, yeah, Charles, go ahead. I kind of saw this similar to the uh, game a week ago when Calgary was playing Montreal. Uh, other than the fact that, unlike Montreal, Saskatchewan was able to put some points on the board. But Calgary roared out to that 24 nothing lead. And then it kind of looked like they were somewhat toying with Saskatchewan. Now, Saskatchewan started to put some points up and get it close. In fact, I think they got it to about uh, within five points at one point. Yeah, And then it's like the Stampeders offense turned the light back on or turned the switch back on and said, okay, let's score a few more touchdowns and really put these guys away. Even though the Riders got back into the game score-wise, I never really felt that they were going to uh, overcome... um, Calgary, I thought they were, for the most part, uh, they were dead in the water when it was 24 nothing. I know uh, they did get close, but I think uh, Calgary kind of took the, after they got that 24-point lead, they kind of took their foot off the gas. Uh, they weren't, they were making some dumb mistakes. They were, uh, Bo Levi was missing on some easy throws. And it's a good thing, though, that they were playing Brandon Bridge because a better quarterback might have actually overcome them. Um, but to me, it just seemed like uh, like the week before with Montreal, they were just kind of uh, playing with them. And uh, the minute that you know Saskatchewan finally got close, uh, 
was basically when they said, okay, time to start playing again, and then they put up some more points and pulled away at the end. So um, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are not going to win anything with Brandon Bridge as the quarterback. I don't think it's a new, new slash to anyone. He's not the quarterback of the future. He's not a starting quarterback in this league. He maybe could be considered a decent, uh, at least a backup or reliever. But he, if he's your starting quarterback, you're not going anywhere. I'm sorry to say, but that's the case. Now, there's talk that Caleros may be back soon. I'm not sure if that's necessarily a good news because, quite frankly, A, he can't stay healthy, and B, when Caleros was playing, they weren't playing that great to begin with either. So that's not necessarily um, the be-all, end-all either. So uh, Calgary, you got to give them credit. They're 6-0. and oh. I mean... They look solid. They really have not been challenged this year, score-wise. Pretty much every game they've played uh, has been a decisive victory, and this one this week, same thing. So um, we'll see. I know who Calgary gets next week. Hopefully um, we see their win streak snapped. <laughs> Might be uh, a little bit of a long shot there, but who knows. We'll see what's going on, and... Uh, Good luck with that. But uh, in Saskatchewan, they uh, they got some wor- work to do for sure. Hey, William, what happened in this game yeah. for you? Yeah, what happened in this game for me is I, you know, I make fun of a lot of other teams, but Calgary frustrates me to no end. I literally... I literally had to get up and go for a walk after the second quarter because they, they, I don't get that they don't, they don't seem to put their foot down on people's necks when they get up and they seem to have lapses and they seem to have mental lapses. If you listen to Dave Dickinson, he says they have mental lapses all the time. He did say that, Chris Jones does a lot of funky things with his defense and it kind of throws him off a little bit, but he said there was missed assignments. Guys weren't just there mentally and they still won. And that's the thing about Calgary. They seem to just when, when they're down, they seem, or when they're not playing well, they seem to be able to turn it on just enough to get those points and win the game. And, you know, if Calgary, didn't have the defense they had, they'd be in trouble this year because their defense is just unbelievable. That that their defensive line is in, is incredible. I don't think I've ever seen a defensive line like this. They got guys that are just fantastic, but they still frustrate me because that game should have been a sixty burger in my opinion. Because I mean, come on, you're playing Brandon Bridge, Brandon Bridge. He's worse than Marcus Crandall, okay? Brandon Bridge, come on. He can't read defenses. He runs around, and he still came closer than most people do. And it's just, it's really frustrating for me. So, I mean, I want to see, see them do well. Because, you see, I see these kind of games happening, and then you go to the Grey Cup, and they let teams stay close to them, and then they don't win. And because they can't turn it on when they need to, or they turn it on, but not enough. So they've got to, 
they've got to change it. And I know you guys are thinking, what is he talking about? They're six and zero, but six and zero doesn't mean squat. Okay, and I'm hoping that this Saturday they, they just realize what they got and they just smack the crap out of the Lions. You and me both will. Because because I'm thinking I'm thinking unless they come up with somebody, Travis Lule doesn't have a running game right now because they don't have a running back. Oh no ain't that the truth. Ain't that the truth. They don't have a running back right now, and I'm sorry if you rely on Travis Lule with that Stampeder defense, oh he's gonna be in a world of hurt. So, but no, I, I just, the Stampeders frustrate me. I think they should be killing everybody. They think they should be killing everybody, but they have mental lapses the entire game. And it's starting to frustrate Dave Dickinson. I saw the interview with him after the game. He says also Saskatchewan is a tough place to play because of the noise. So that's all I got to say. Okay. It, it seemed to be a lot, though. Mark. What do you got? I don't have a whole ton because, again, I didn't see this game either. Only got to see the one game of the week. Um, well, we gave you updates, didn't we? Did yes, we give you I got updates? lots of updates. Yeah, I got great updates when the Internet worked. Um, the last update I got, I think it was about one thirty in the morning when my Internet went bing. I was like, oops, I forgot to turn the phone off. Um, it's fun being in the bush. You don't get a lot of good Internet but, you know, the game is, when you look at the score, it's about what you expected. But when you guys told me it was 24 nothing, and then all of a sudden it was 24-19, I was like, yeah. oh, oh, are they doing this again? Because Saskatchewan's famous for making these comebacks, especially at home. But Brandon Bridge. You know, we've been going, everybody's going back and forth on um, the Facebook page right now about the top three quarterbacks that Todd put out and all that stuff. You got Brandon Bridge versus Bo Levi Mitchell. Sorry. And then you have, you know, you look at everywhere down the line, you got Chris Jones, everything else. And the only good thing that came out of it was Bridge played the whole game. They didn't yeah. do revolving quarterbacks, but they lost. Does that mean he goes back to revolving quarterbacks? Yeah, you know, it's when I, when I was looking at the stats. It's not like Bo Levi Mitchell lit it up. He only, he didn't even have 200 yards passing. Yeah. So, no, you know, true. Will's right. There are some problems there. Uh, if they played any other team, they may not be have a perfect record right now. But they played Brandon Bridge. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. Shake my head. Chris, you must have been happy with the game, or at least pleased. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't get to watch. I got to watch the third quarter, some of the second and third quarter live, and then I had to go back and watch the first and the last band of the game. So I didn't get to see the first, so I wanted to watch that to see what the heck would happen to get it to 24 nothing and it was pretty crazy. I, I'm not sure. It's not an original thought. I definitely heard someone say it, and I'm not sure if it was a reporter or if it was one of the coaches, but it's really hard to 
I don't know, keep interested in the game when it's looking like it's going to be a blow like that. Like I, I understand the second quarter and, uh, you know, like you just, it's, it's going so well, you just kind of lose focus. And then, you know, halftime, they look, I think, you know, if you look at the quarters, th- three and four, they pretty much scored the exact same amount each time, right? Like Calgary got seven and they got six and then it was three and three for the fourth quarter. So after halftime, they both adjusted and they came out and I didn't think it was going to be a blowout. I, I thought that Saskatchewan could present something. And, uh, you know, it was interesting. Bridge got to play the whole game, which is nice, except for like one series. Um, I don't think that that, uh, I, I don't want to say Ward, but it's more, it's something else than that. But I don't think he brings a lot to the field other than a running quarterback. I, I don't think he has much, uh, anything else to give. And I, I think Bridge does. I, I think he can be more. Um, but, there's always going to be the growing pains with that too. So uh, I, I, you know, I, the first quarter surprised me because Calgary looked so good on all three phases and that's rare when it all is clicking. And then it kind of came crashing to earth when I think they lost interest and it's horrible to say, but it, 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 people say, well, you know, that's your job. How does that happen? Blah, blah, blah. I think this this stuff plays into some of the season issues and the Grey Cup issues too, right? So uh, it was good to see them come back and win. Because to be honest with you, after the second, I was almost to the mind that they were probably going to lose the game, and they almost deserved to lose the game. And then once halftime happened and they came back out, that back and forth was made for good football, and that's more what I expected. So it just pretty much... They had a better one quarter than Saskatchewan had a better or worse than one quarter, and then the rest of the game was back and forth like it should have been. So, um, I agree with everybody. I think Bo's definitely got lots of room to improve. I, I uh, those a lot of those interceptions, you can say it was a receiver, but I mean there was definitely some of Bo in those interceptions too. So, um, they, and I don't know. Maybe maybe that's also something that everybody should be really scared about because. If you think about it, if Calgary can ever get it together and play near mistake-free football, it would be more like that first quarter every quarter, and that's probably not good for everybody else. So <laughs> I guess everybody's hope is that they keep having some issues because their D sure the heck don't. Their D is looking pretty pretty gosh darn solid, and I, if there owes any competency at all, they're gonna it's gonna be hard to beat them. No matter what, whether you like them or not, or or wish that they lose or not, that's going to be, it's going to be a, a interesting season if the O can get going half as good as the the D's playing. It's going to be scary. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, if you really look at uh, uh, Saskatchewan's uh, 19 points, um, they're mostly field goals, right? Well, uh, Saskatchewan no, dominated the, the the time of possession for the second quarter. Absolutely dominated it, and and scored a bunch of field goals. Yeah, and the only Calgary, touchdown was on D, was on defense. Right, <laughs> was a pick. Calgary six. didn't have a Calgary didn't have a defensive touchdown against them. So yeah, yeah, it was a pick six, was it? Yep. Yeah, the only yep. touchdown yep. for Saskatchewan yep. was a pick six. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, under those circumstances, I don't know. There was the – Saskatchewan just didn't come and play. 
they made it a lot closer than it than it really was. It made it look like it was a lot closer than it really was. So, um, I mean, you know, let's face it. If you if you get up, if Calgary gets up on you, it's going to be hard for you to beat them because that defense yep. is just that defense is just amazing. So yeah. So some idiot picks Saskatchewan to win. I think that was CJ. And uh, the final score was 34-22. And, uh, geez, who do we got? CJ picks Saskatchewan, so he's just eliminated straight off the bat. Chris, you work really close here. Let's see what happens. You're 33, so you're out by one point there. 29, out by seven. That's eight points. I actually didn't figure this one out. Not bad. Eight points out. Okay, Mark. 20 to 17, that's 14 points there. That's five more. That's You're out by 19 points. Not, yeah, not, not even close there. Will, 37-12. Ooh, that's pretty close. Three and 10 is 13. Nope, nope. Chris has still got this one at eight points. Charles, 35-24. Oh, my God, what is this? One, two, three. Charles wins. <laughs> there you go. This All right. I already, wrote, first I already wrote, wrote it down long ago. Charles wins this one. Finally. Yeah, I don't think I have any wins either, Charles, so don't feel bad. I think you just passed me. I'm, good. I'm all right with that, then. Okay, so that, that's wrapping up the first uh, week seven of the four games. Four games we had in week seven. It's done. Okay. Okay. So, what are we going to do now? Chris Jones says, Zach Calero should be back for the Riders after their bye week. Is there any reason to believe that he will be able to stay healthy and turn around the Riders' fortune? Ooh. Well, you know, it's, Zach Caleros is arguably the most talented quarterback in the CFL. Without question, the, tough, the, the most talented quarterback. Mike Riley is the toughest quarterback in the CFL. No question about it. Bo Levi Mitchell is the winningest quarterback in the CFL. No question about that. Can Zach Caleros come in, get his head in gear, get it back into game mode, and stay healthy? Will this change the rider season? Well, it has to make it the rider season better because they're, they're kind of floundering around with the BC Lions down at the bottom. In fact, right now I think the BC Lions are a better team. They just haven't been able to prove it. Um, I know, Ryder fans are about to freak out when I said that. Uh, yeah, so Zach Caleros, is he going to make a difference? Chris? Well, I guess uh, the question was posed is, is there a reason to believe? Uh, I think there'd be hope that he could. Uh Reason I can't, I couldn't give you a reason. I could give you hope, and that's in faith, and that's what the Saskatchewan's going to have to go on because there is no proof or reason or anything that would make me believe that he's going to be any more resilient than he's been. Um, and let's be honest, Brandon Bridge is like, uh, I don't have a huge amount of faith in that old line, I don't. And Labatt's playing hurt, and they got no backup, and I think if Zach goes in there, he's going to get crushed again. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I just don't. He's going to be skittish. He's got no. I mean, there's no reason for him to have any confidence in the whole line in front of him. 
and he's been hurt more than he's been healthy, and I can't see that changing. And I mean, they're going to throw him out there, and he's going to get hit again, and maybe he won't. He'll survive a game or two, but I don't think he's going to ever be able to stop his happy feet. I, I don't think it's in a scenario that's going to be positive for him or comfortable enough for him to get back to what he was. But I guess as a Saskatchewan person, you have to have hope and faith that that that'll happen. Um, and I mean, he's a better quarterback than than what they've got. If he can perform, let's be honest. Even if he can perform to half to three quarters of what he was when he was MVP leading, he'd still be better. But I just I don't know. I there's no reason I can point to to say that it's going to be any different than it has been. Not their O line, not their schemes, not the way they run their O. Nothing. Nothing can say. Yeah, he's going to get out there and he's going to light her up. So it's a hope and a prayer. That's it. A hope and a prayer. Not sure which one's more important. Mark. Mark. If he is ready. Yeah, I'm here. If he is ready to if he is ready to come back. He is obviously their best chance at uh, getting something going again on the offense. Still, you're going to have Deron Carter on the defense, but either way, the only the good thing is they do at least play Edmonton next. So it's not a really super strong defense that's going to be coming down on them constantly. But with that O-line, like Chris said, with that O-line, He's going to be playing scared. And as a quarterback, you can't play scared. You look like Drew Willie when you do. So hopefully he can come back healthy and they can keep him upright. The league is better with him in it. Saskatchewan will be a better team for sure if he can play in even half of what he was doing. The scary thing, too, is will he play every snap? Or will Chris Jones want to start subbing in bridge for him, too? A lot of it's going to come down to the coaching. And do they have an offensive play-calling scheme now that's not three-yard passes? they got to let him play, but he's not a mobile quarterback like he was when he first came in. He's had too many injuries. He's already had three head injuries. Does he need a fourth? Uh, you, you question his decision if he does come back with three head injuries in three seasons. Uh, I hope he can come back healthy. I just don't see it. And I don't see him staying healthy long term. That's it. You know, I, I have to have faith and believe that Zach Caleros can come back and play football only for the simple fact that we're going into the third game with Travis Lule. I, I like to believe that it's possible. Ricky Ray came back, played the entire season last year, and won a Grey Cup. It is possible for a, a quasi-fragile quarterback to come back and, and play an entire season and, and be productive. So do I think that this is possible? Yeah, it has to be possible. It's, it's been proven thing is, he's not quasi-healthy. He's never played a full season. Oh, I know. I know. 
But they're not all uh, concussion-related. Didn't he have a bad knee? No. He's had knee problems. No. He's had the three headshots. But he's never played a full season. So... Okay. William. Well, you know, I think Zach Calaris, if he's healthy, he's the best quarterback Saskatchewan has. Nobody else comes close to him. And once again, we talked about if he could get back to where he was two or three years ago, but I don't think that's going to happen with the Saskatchewan team. And the difference between him and Travis Lule is he's had, he's had concussions, Okay. The the torn ligaments and that kind of stuff you can fix. Concussions, they're there forever. Okay, he could get you know they're once again they're exponential. He could get tapped and he could have a concussion. So I I it it, it would be too bad if his career ends up over because I really want to see what he could do because he was an exciting quarterback those couple of years in Hamilton where they were winning. But uh, he's their best chance. If if Calaris doesn't come back and stays healthy, Saskatchewan's done, in my opinion. Saskatchewan's done. They're not going to win anything with Brandon Bridge. They're just not. That comes from a guy who keeps on talking about Marcus Crandall. But you know what? They're not going to win anything with Brandon Bridge. So somebody's got to come back, or they got to get a new quarterback. Um. You know, all the people were saying online today, how come Saskatchewan didn't try and get Johnny Manziel? Well, once again, Johnny Manziel hasn't proven anything. So, just a bunch of blowhards. Anyways, that's about it. They need him. They need. He's their best quarterback. Without him, they're not going to do anything. And you can have all the defense you want, but without a decent quarterback, you're 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 in trouble. So, go. Without question. Can't argue with any of that. Charles. The thing with Zach Caleros is that it's not just a physical thing, like a head injury. I also think it's a mental thing. Um, especially when you've had this many uh, head injuries like he's had. Um, the more and more not only, not to make a pun, but it gets into your head. You're afraid to take that hit. When you play scared, then sometimes you make mistakes. Um, And that's part of the issue. I do think that um, when you're looking at Zach Caleros, if he is healthy, he gives the riders clearly their best chance to be successful if he stays healthy. That's a huge F. And going back to what CJ said about comparing it to uh, tr- between him and Travis Lule, uh, I think there is a bit of a difference, of course, when you're talking about a knee injury and a concussion. Um, I think concussions are more likely to be reoccurring than it is, uh, say, a knee injury. Not that knee injuries can't reoccur. We know they can. But I think it's uh, one shot, and it doesn't even have to be a hard shot when you're talking about a concussion. That can really, um, it can trigger right away. So, personally, he's very much starting to remind me of Buck Pierce. 
And I remember hearing repeatedly that Buck Pierce was going to come back. But by the end, you started saying, no, you can't. Enough is enough. you got to hang it up. And, you know, Zach Caleros has got to think of, you know, his life long-term after football. If he's taken repeated concussions, that could certainly have an effect. If I were him, I would not come back. Um, I know he's going to come back. I, I'm not convinced that we're going to see him healthy, stay healthy, because he has shown no ability to do that over the past three or four years. Yeah. Chris, did you go on this subject? You did, didn't you? You were first up? Yeah, I went I went first, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, as CFL fans, this is a better league with Zach Calaris healthy playing football. But as CFL fans, I would rather have a healthy Zach Caleros not playing football than one devastated for life. Mm-hmm. And I hope that he's really paying attention to this because I know everybody, every football player, every, everybody who plays a sport's heart is in the game and wants to come no matter what and is willing to sacrifice a lot, including health and family and everything else to continue playing. But, man, it's such a short time. Give it up. Give it a rest. Let it go. Move on. Zach Caleros coming back to Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It's a good thing for the riders. Hopefully it's a good thing for Zach. A recent article has discussed TSN's cult-like coverage of Johnny Manziel. Is TSN still giving too much coverage to Johnny football? (laughs) yes everybody is giving too much coverage to johnny football the man has not played a single snap of canadian football and he is the most talked about idiot on the planet i think this guy gets more press than donald trump about the same quality i'm sick of it i i I really want to see him play football i want to see him play football and I so want to see him destroyed. I, I don't wish him ill will. I don't wish him injury. But I want to see a welcome to the CFL type of game. It's too bad that Hamilton is playing Montreal next week and not Ottawa because I would love, I would absolutely love Kyrie Bear to come play with Johnny Manziel. Wouldn't that be fun? Okay. William, you heard enough of Johnny football? <laughs> Two months ago, three months ago. Can last you imagine? Year, bro. Last year. Can you imagine what the hype is going to be if this guy comes in and he's lights out? It's just going to it's gonna explode. You will never hear about any other player in the CFL except for Johnny Manziel. Okay. It's going to explode, but I still don't think. You see, the thing is, to me, you show things in practice, and that makes guys want to put you in. Well, obviously, he hasn't showed enough in practice that he's not, you know, hands down, everybody wants him to play because, you know, maybe it's different in Montreal. But like I said, Vernon Adams looked good. I don't think. You, there's much difference between Vernon Adams and Johnny Manziel. They're the same type of quarterback. So 
I guess we'll see. I'm I'm glad Johnny's got wheels because I think he's going to have to run for his life with that offensive line. But, hey, who knows? But, yeah, I've heard enough of it. It's great for the CFL in the States. But, you know what, enough is enough is enough is enough. I mean, I just, you know, who knows? And, I mean, at the very best, if he is successful, he's only going to be here for two years, less than two years now. So, I guess we'll see. But, I mean, the next thing you're going to hear if it is not successful in Montreal is he's going to end up going to the Alliance Football League. I guarantee it. And the hype's going to be there once again. So, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Don't Don't know. Charles. I don't know why we have to see him 30 times a game just standing on the sidelines because that's one of the things I've gotten the most annoyed with. Like, It seems like every every break or every second break we're looking at Johnny Manziel just standing there. I mean, why exactly? Um, and then it seems to be the first thing that the panel starts talking about at the uh, – um, at the um, – halftime and stuff like that. I believe that was the first thing they said at the end of the game. Why did Johnny Manziel not play? That was the first topic of discussion. Um, Yeah, let's get the guy into a game and let's see him play before we start, um, you know, saying, uh, giving this guy all this publicity. We don't see all the other backup quarterbacks 12 times a game or whatever it is. I don't know why we see Johnny Manziel so much. So let's let him play. Let's see how what he can do, and then we'll we can start talking about him. Because right now we're talking about someone who's never played a down of CFL football in the regular season. Let's get him on the field, and then we'll talk about him some more. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Vernon Adams absolutely light up in his uh, uh, college career? Wasn't he just like freaking amazing? And I'm pretty sure he didn't, was. Didn't win the he Heisman Trophy, but but wasn't he, he just was an fantastic. absolutely awesome quarterback? Because I remember the height when he when uh, BC picked him up off the neg list, and he actually signed with the BC Lions, or not signed with them, but uh, was over with BC. And I was still like so excited that John uh, Vernon Adams was coming to the CFL. Yeah, all right. And then he got traded to Montreal. Montreal released him. He got picked up by somebody else. I think it was Toronto. Uh, that didn't work out so good. Went back to Montreal, uh, and now he's playing football. And uh, and after all of that, the guy guy plays football, plays a game of his life, loses, but you know, hey, does a, does a pretty good job. And the first question that he's asked is, "Hey, so what do you think about Johnny Manziel?" Fuck off! I am surprised reporters aren't getting punched in the mouth. I really am. I would. I could not tolerate garbage like that. I would have just nailed him. Just gone. Boom. Game over, man. You're just like, forget it. There, there's a there's a highlight on YouTube, Vernon Adams, and I think he, like, avoids nine tackles and throws the ball for a touchdown, okay? The guy was amazing. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So. 
What do you say? What do you say? I don't know. Who's who's next there? Charles has gone. Will's gone. Chris, have you gone? No, but I just pretty much can sum it up by ditto. <laughs> I mean, everybody said exactly what my feelings are, too. I mean, let's see him play some football, and until that happens, let's just move on with him. And the only thing I guess I could add would be, boy, would I be pissed off if I bought a Hamilton jersey, Manziel uh, jersey. <laughs> well, they're giving him a credit, which, you know, BC Lions fans don't get a credit for Adam Big Hill. You know, BC... And, yeah, and but he, at least he played there for a while, though. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But, like you said, you never put anybody's name on a jersey but your own or the beer thing, so there you go. It's your own yeah, damn fault for buying it before he even started. Mm-hmm. Oh, without question, without question. You know, it, it just... It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that, that anybody would have bought that jersey just because. Well, and look how many they sold in Montreal. At least he, we, we probably are pretty sure he's going to start in Montreal anyway. So I guess that's a bit safer bet. There is no Mazzoli in front of him there. So. Nope. Did, did, at, the, did he... at, the first, at the first Calgary-Hamilton game this season, I saw 10, count them, 10 Cleveland Brown jerseys, okay? With Manziel on the back, a little. It's hilarious. In Calgary. In Calgary. Wow. Okay, that's ridiculous. Uh, Mark, the most before Mark goes, the most surprising part about that is ten people actually owned Cleveland Brown jerseys. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. That, that's pretty much and embarrassing. And none of them were that guy who used to be on our podcast. Yeah. There's not a lot I can add to it, really. You know, we've all, we're have all we all going to say the same things. The only thing I can say is, who? Who are you? You've never played a down in the Canadian Football League. Just either play or go away, one or the other. I'm tired of hearing about him. Apparently, one of the announcers was calling him Johnny Clipboard. That was good. I like that. Oh, no, it's good. But why don't you concentrate on the game that's going on with Vernon Adams, you know, the guy who's actually out there throwing a football? It's just ridiculous. Which is why I really don't post a lot of stuff about him anymore on the page. It's just like either play or just stop. And it's not even his fault at this point. He's becoming a, d- a distraction already in Montreal, and it's nothing he's done. It's the reporters, like you said, CJ. He, you know, the first question they get, these guys get is, so, what do you think about having Johnny Mansell here? Um, okay. And he answered it properly in saying, I'm not thinking about Johnny Mansell, I'm thinking about playing football. It's just stupid. That's it. You mean that reporters are are being challenged here? You mean reporters are doing something dumb? No, tell me it's not so. (laughs) Really? No, no, it's not possible. Absolutely not. I don't believe that. Yeah, it's not right. That's just not right. Trent Richardson says he plans to play for the Alabama team in the Alliance American Football League. The problem is he's still under contract with the Rough Riders until next February. 
Should the Riders simply release him, or should they keep him under contract to set a precedent for other players wanting to go to the new league? I am so torn on this one. In, in one hand, the Riders, this guy's got personal issues, and he couldn't play football for the Riders this year. So they didn't release him. They put him on the suspended list. If you put you on the suspended list, are they still pay him, paying him his salary because he was under contract? Why didn't they just release him? They really wanted him on the team. So now he is under contract until February 14th, 2019, which is basically free agency day. He is not eligible to play in this league down south. It's never played a single game anywhere, but he wants to go do it even though he has he's under contract with a professional football team in the CFL. Part of me says, you know what? Let the guy do what he wants. You would release him to go play in the NFL. Why wouldn't you release him to go play in this league? Uh, you know, it's let him follow his dream. But on the other hand, does it set an evil precedence? Does it mean that more CFL players are going to want out of their contracts so that they can go down to this uh, startup league in, in, in the southern states that has eight teams? And what makes them think they're going to make the team? What happens if they don't? You know, you're talking about Southern America here. There's got to be a huge competition for these positions. I mean, everybody and their mother's going to be coming out to these tryout camps. Look at how many tryout camps there are for the CFL and how many player guys go down there and, and how many people don't want to play in Canada. So the competition is going to be stiff for these eight teams, only eight teams. What makes him think he's going to make the roster? It's confusing to me. But it's a double-edged sword. You know, you're down if you do, and you're down if you don't. Should we release him? Shouldn't we release him? Should we release him? Should we not? You know, I don't know. William, should he get released? Should they make him stand you know on stay on the suspended list? If he was on the active roster, I would say no. But he's suspended. Yeah, I uh, I really don't care. Trent, who is all I'm going to say, when he was in Saskatchewan, he did nothing. He did nothing. He did nothing. Let him go. Go away. Go away. You're not going to make that Lions League anyways. Okay, go away. Um, I I just get sick and tired. I know it will set a precedent, but you know what? Even if he becomes a free agent after the 14th, he'll still try out for the Alliance League. So, you just, just I, I mean, wow. He's, the thing about him is, the reason he's trying out for the Alliance League, he just will not let the dream die. He was supposed to be somebody, and he's nobody. And he's always going to be nobody because he didn't make it in the NFL. He didn't make it in the CFL. Go to the Alliance League for all we know, the Alliance League. It could be a competitive league. You never know. But let him go. Just go away. Go away. Take Johnny Manziel with you. Take Deron Carter with you because Deron Carter will go to the Alliance League and play linebacker. Um, We didn't get on that yet. But um, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I'd be more excited about seeing Deron Carter playing linebacker in Saskatchewan and see how much he talks 
when he gets hit by 350-pound offensive linemen. I want to see that. Anyway, go ahead. Charles? Yes? Kind of, um, kind of uh, in the same way I'm torn because I can really give a – I don't give a damn what, uh, what uh, Trent Richardson does. Who cares? Uh, but at the same time, I don't want uh, players to come up here think they can use the Lions or use the CFL rather as just some sort of stepping stone, and then get out of their contract and just go play somewhere else. I mean, uh, he's the one that signed the contract. I know he hasn't been playing for the Riders this year for whatever reason. He's got some sort of personal issues and so on. But uh, even when he played last year. Um, it wasn't as if he was um, tearing it up. He wasn't. Um, I don't know. This is just um, weird for me. Um, to be honest, um, who really cares what Trent Richardson does? So if the writers want to just release him and be done with him, I've got no problem with that because, quite frankly, he was nothing up here anyways. Yeah. I know. I, I totally agree. Like, release him. He's he's nothing. He means nothing to our league. Absolutely not. Let him go. But if we let him go, how many others are want, going to want to go as well? That's the thing, yeah. You know, it, it, this is 100% Chris Jones's fault for not releasing him at the beginning of the season. And instead of trying to hide him on the suspended list, trying to put him in his third condo on East Boulevard in Regina or whatever else he's trying to do. Um, yeah, he should have just released him, and this would have been a non-story, non-event. It would not be setting a precedence. Right now it is. And uh, it's 100% Chris Jones' fault. Chris, what do you think? Well, I I, I... – I mean, I guess I could say I was on the fence, and I understand your guys' point, and I agree. I just think in this one case, and let's be honest, every case is going to have to be looked at differently or or on a case-by-case basis anyway. The guy can't play. Either he can't play here or they don't want him. Release him and let him go have whatever hope he has at a career. I, I mean, it's not fair to hold to, to pin the guy down. If he can't play up here, well, then he shouldn't be under contract. And if he if you don't want him, then freaking release him. And I agree, it's Chris Jones' fault, but it's still happening this way. So be a man, step up, release the guy, and then when the flood happens, then you deal with it. If if he's on the active roster or if he's on the practice roster and you found him and yada yada and he signed a contract, we're talking totally different apples to oranges and you say no you can't go you've made a commitment to us but this one's a little different for me so i i i let's face it he either can't play up here or they don't want him to play up here so let the guy go have his dream and and try out what the heck it doesn't hurt anybody and i the precedence thing only works if you believe it's a generic for everybody across the board. And maybe somebody would perceive it that way, but it'd be very easy to tell them, no, hey, listen, this is not the case here. <laughs> you're, you're an active player for us, or you're on our PR, and we want to make you an active player. And, you know, you signed a contract. You're, this is it. Sorry. 
And, I mean, I think that happens no matter what. So whatever they do with Trent Richards, I think they're still going to be that happen anyway. So I, I don't know. I, I'm As a player and to it, I think that it's not fair what's happening to Trent Richards. If he wants to go try out, he should have that chance and opportunity. And it would be different if they were using him or if he was up here playing. Or, But if he if they don't want him or he can't be here, let him go chase his dream. Okay, before Mark takes the stage here, what if we got him to sign a non-disclosure agreement? We're going to release you, but you're not allowed to talk to the media about it. Uh, I think everybody would know about it, though, so I, it, might, it might help. It might help. But, I mean, everybody's going to make their own supplementation about what happened anyway. So, uh, But I think I, I think that you just say, listen, he doesn't fit in our organization anymore, and we we released him. And it has nothing to do. If you want to go that way, just say it has nothing to do with him wanting to play elsewhere. It's just we don't need him or we or he can't play up here and just make some BS reason up and let him go. <laughs> and it just coincides with the fact that he made the statement or wait a month and do it or whatever or however what his window is, right? Try to do it low-key. Yeah. Don't really respond to this aspect as a news story right now. Mark, I, I agree 100%, Chris. Don't respond to it now. Yep. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with what everybody's saying about how you can see it from both sides. What I'm more curious about is the new league has said that they will honor CFL contracts. So there's part of me that wants Saskatchewan to keep him on the suspended list and then see what their reaction is if he does try to sign with somebody. Because they have come out and said that they will honor all existing CFL contracts. So it'll be curious to see what they do try to do from their side. I I still would have well, nobody has said is jumping up and down and wanting to go grab Trent Richardson on off the team. I know he wants to ter- play for the Birmingham Alabama team uh, because uh, that's where he went to school in Birmingham. He's an Alabama boy. So I I understand tracing your dream, everything all about that. We haven't heard why he can't play or why he's on the suspended list. Can he not get in? Chris kind of alluded to it. Yeah, Chris kind of alluded to it. I'm wondering if there's something that he can't come into Canada. Yeah. Because it doesn't make any sense otherwise. Well, no, it, 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 Chris Jones had said that he's having personal issues at home. Okay. So until he gets his shit together, then uh, he's, they put him on a suspended list, meaning that they they actually want him back. Well, so, but personal reasons could be legal personal reasons too, though, right? So he could, could maybe not be allowed back up here. Wait, yeah. <laughs> but, but the fact that he was up here, Something would have taken place in the meantime, and we it hasn't come public. Is like the domestic violence or armed robbery or drug charge or what's keeping him out of Canada, you know, in, in that aspect. And if that's the case, why do we want him in in Canada? And why the hell is Chris Jones hiding him on a suspended list? <laughs> right? You really want the answer why Chris Jones would do something? Because <laughs> he's Chris Jones. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't. He, he just does everything that's just wrong and unethical. I understand all of that, um, but it's just like I, I I would just dump him. I mean, get rid of him. He's on your suspended list. Just mm-hmm. shit. Let him go. Sooner the better. 
release him. He's not doing you any good anyways. No, no. But you got to do it in a, in a low-key manner right now. And I don't know how you can. The media has their hooks in this one. This whole thing, anything that this is shit. This is as big as Johnny Manziel. I don't, I don't like it. Okay, let's get out of here and move on. We've only got four minutes left to show. We got two things. Ricky Ray is progressing from his recent head injury, neck injury, and he has not officially announced his retirement. He is leaving the door open to potentially return. Is there any reason for this, or should Ricky Ray call it a career? Well, we've already had this discussion on this show uh, when it happened. And I think the general consensus was, Ricky, what the fuck are you thinking? Okay, you've had an outstanding career. Nobody's going to take that away from you. You're a first-round ballot to the Hall of Fame, uh, four-time Grey Cup champion. What the fuck are you thinking? You got little kids at home. You got a neck injury that could have killed you, paralyzed you. You're 38, 39 years old. What do you you got to accomplish? What do you have to prove to anybody? Nothing. Go home. Go home. Stay home. Does anybody want to add anything to that? Because we got three minutes left in the show. Nope. Just don't Rick do should, it. Ricky should, should retire. Yep. No. Me too. Go Agreed. home. Go home. Uh, last segment, Jeremiah Johnson already down with the Lions. Uh, we've lost running back Brandon Rutley with a torn ACL, and Chris Rainey is banged up. Who the hell's going to carry the load for the BC Lions? Any ideas? Charles, what do well, you got? Anybody? The guy I forgot they signed, Trayvon Van, could be the guy, the next guy up for the Lions. Well, they just activated him today. They just activated him, so my guess is he will be in the lineup against Calgary. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, uh, I don't think there's anything else we need to say about that when we're going to do this one. Oh, my God, look at that. Three-minute warning. We haven't pushed these buttons in a long time. We're going to try a few. You can catch the Let's Talk CFL podcast wherever you are on our host blog, Talk Radio Live. And in podcast form, you can also find us on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio app, and iTunes. All right, that's it. it's over. Go home. Uh, yeah, that, let's wrap the show. We can't really wrap the show up. We got two minutes left. What else have we got to say? Oh, well, there was something you wanted to bring into this. Is this Daron Carter actually taking snaps at that at linebacker for the Sketch and Rough Riders? Uh, I noticed Sam Hurl. I want him. To, I want him to play linebacker so bad. Yeah, I, I really Sam. Do. Sam Hurl was injured, but I understand he play. I saw him playing in the in the Calgary game, so he wasn't banged up that much. But he, uh, they actually had him taking s- snaps with the, as a linebacker in practice the week before. I mean, I, what the hell is Chris Jones doing? I thought he was a defensive guru. Why would you take this guy and put him in there? Makes no sense to me. Anyhow, uh, we don't have time to I run this one. I playing linebacker with Andrew Harris running the ball. That's all I got yeah, to yeah. say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I want to see it. Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 267. It's in the books. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and thank you for listening to us talk football. I mean, we do this if you weren't listening to it, but we're still going to do it because you're there. And thanks very much. And and drop us a note over on uh, Let's Talk CFL Podcast, uh, live podcast page or whatever it's called. I should know what my own podcast page is called, but I don't. Um, Yeah, so all 60 seconds left blog talk bitches talking to me. Okay, Chris, say goodnight, buddy. Good night, everybody. Uh, we will uh, 
look forward to talking to you about previewing the games on Wednesday. Big time, big time. BC Lions, Toronto, I'm going to be there. Charles, go ahead. Uh, Good night, folks. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you Wednesday and preview next week coming up. Mark, you going camping or are you going to stick around for these ones? No, I'll be around for this one. Talk to you guys Wednesday. Good night. BC sucks. Oh, God. William! (laughs) Good good night, everybody. I'll talk to you on Wednesday night. Go, Al's go. (laughs) Go, Al's go. Yeah, we'll talk to you Wednesday and Saturday morning. Well, Okay, buddy, you take care. Oh, we're over. Goodbye.